0: Write it. That was the last word. We'll come to thanking God that that's never the last word with God. But now, speaking in the desolation, speaking in the resignation where people had lived for too long, too far from home, too far from God, Isaiah says that he has heard God. And what he heard was this comfort. Comfort my people. Comfort my people. So God's first word after this time of silence to this defeated and broken people, even to those who brought it on themselves, is comfort. Comfort my people. So let's take that in when we've messed up, when we've been messed up, what are we expecting from God? Judgment? Disapproval? A pep talk telling you not to feel so sorry for yourself because there's always someone worse off than you in any case. What do you expect? God's first word is comfort. And God's second word is what? God's second word is comfort. Comfort, comfort my people. Perhaps we're picking up on some divine priority here. Into the silence, into the wondering about whether it's all finished with God, comes this prophetic word, comfort my people. And not only that, God insists in this communication that um, the messenger gets the tone right. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Speak tenderly and say comfort, comfort. This message is coming, um, it says, speak to Jerusalem, but it's coming in Babylon. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem in the far country where they are, out of resources, longing for home. Speak tenderly and comfort my people. And in chapter 42, if if we read on, we would get, what is the ideal messenger? What is the messenger that will be qualified to bring that message? And we hear this, a bruised reed, he will not break. A smouldering wick, he will not snuff out. And you know, um, there's something critical about this because that's one of those messages that points forward to Jesus. So the silence is broken with a message of comfort, with an insistence that it is tenderly spoken, and with a search for a messenger who would not snuff out a smouldering wick. And so once we get that, we can, we can look for, well, who is the messenger here? Who's been told to comfort um, God's people? Who does God say, comfort, comfort my people to? who is God sending uh, with insisting on this tone of voice of tenderness and when we read the passage I imagine we've all when we just read it barely asked the question because the assumption is well Isaiah is the message is the messenger God is saying to Isaiah um, comfort my people to us who read English which we all did this morning it sounds obvious doesn't it God is sending Isaiah with these words but if and maybe it happens. But if any of us could read Hebrew, I can't, um, we would know. Our man George has just, just graduated No, Immensely disappointing. What do they do? <laughs> what do they do nowadays? So my one year of Hebrew, 30 odd years ago. And um, yeah, so if George read Hebrew like the rest of us, he would know. Um, and if you read any other language as well, there are loads of other language, something would jump off the page this isn 't this is not you, Isaiah, this is you plural, you plural, you know that the Americans have that handy way of doing it yol, and then you 've got it haven't you? it 's you or yol. i don 't know how you a ring comfort, comfort, yol, my people probably it doesn 't have the same ring to it, but a you plural is being spoken to here um, and when we read the, the, the passage like we are today at the beginning. Of advent um, and we ask the question well, who is this you plural we're reminded that momentous events are often communicated you know these big events when when the time is at hand and things are going to change who gets sent with those messages the angels and the picture may be uh, of God addressing the angels some heavenly host and we can imagine Isaiah overhearing this conversation and God is saying it's time for change and he's sending out the angels comfort comfort my people be sure to speak tenderly to Jerusalem that's why angels start their sentences always with don't be afraid because God has said make sure you speak tenderly and you can be intimidating so, Isaiah, um, we, if we went back to Isaiah chapter 6, and we see that Isaiah's commission is wrapped up with visions of angels, and maybe here too. Angel he, Isaiah hears the commissioning of angels, and amazingly is soon just caught up in the angelic task himself. And that, that's another biblical thing, is we, Maybe other people, could, you can tell me, have a coffee if it's different, but most of us have not seen angels even luke didn 't see the angels. I, we hear Isaiah because people get caught up in this task. Um, the shepherds saw the angels, Mary saw the angel, um, Zechariah saw the angel luke didn 't see him, but he get caught up in the task and Isaiah may be hearing the angels, but he 's caught up in the task himself and If we read further on in Isaiah forty just further down um, this long, long chapter, we find that, if you like, it's not just the angels that are addressed, the whole of the universe gets caught up in this. From trees to stars, from seas to whirlwinds, it's God's addressing all of it. And all are called to witness God's saving power and God's saving intention to comfort his people. And it's as if the whole universe is ringing with God's intentions and as Isaiah gets in on that story. He finds his own calling resonating out from this angelic and cosmic exchange. He's heard a message of salvation. Maybe he's been comforted himself. God is saying comfort. And so he gets caught up with announcing it. And he, he, he announces this message as he's co himself. And um, he won't be the last person to do it. This is, you know, as we go through Advent, we're going to find a whole cloud of witnesses of people who just get caught up uh, in it. And the last bit of the the passage that we read, Isaiah's looking for other heralds. He says, you who would speak to Jerusalem, you heralds, get on up there. He's looking for others to say to Jerusalem, here is your God. And we can see this, uh, that all four gospels even John's gospel it's unusual that all four contain something similar but all four gospels start with this passage as if all of the gospel writers were conscripted by this same hope of what's going on and we know that other people got to join in at the beginning of the gospel John the Baptist picks up this message prepare the way of the Lord And, and not only him If he's the preparer, we have to ask, well, who prepared the preparer? And we go back in Luke to Zechariah and Elizabeth. We find Zechariah is actually spoken tenderly to by the angels. They say, you know, when the angel meets him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son for you. He will be a joy and a delight to you. That's the angel talking to Zechariah. He speaks tenderly to Zechariah. And so Zechariah speaks tenderly to Israel. And he says, by the tender mercies of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those uh, living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Do you see what happens? He has spoken tenderly. He is comforted and he comforts Israel. Zechariah becomes a herald of the good news. Just what Isaiah is looking for. Isaiah is conscripted and he says, you heralds, he's looking for others. Zechariah centuries later is one. So is Elizabeth. Elizabeth is told, just like Israel here, that her long wait is over. She would have a son. And then filled with the Holy Spirit, she exclaims to Mary, "Blessed are you among women, Blessed is the child you bear. Why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. Elizabeth is comforted with a child and she becomes a herald of good news. She receives good news and she shares good news. And can you imagine what a comfort that must have been to M- to mary with all that turmoil in her head to have her relatives say this is what God's doing and you are blessed and of course it happens with us too paul says in philippians 2 if you have received any comfort from the love of christ any tenderness and compassion then in his own language he goes on say, so then you are to be recruited to become like Christ become like Christ if you've received comfort if you've received tenderness you're conscripted into the story to share it you are a herald of good news a comforter and it's a beautiful message It's a beautiful message because it gathers us up. It reminds us that God's intention is to comfort. That God's intention with us is to speak tenderly. And God's intention is that this should be contagious. So that you know the passage ends um, saying, "And the glory of the Lord will be seen right through the earth, and all people will see it." How? Because it gets, people get wrapped up in it and they pass it on until all are gathered into this tenderness by God. It's a beautiful message given to people in despair, given to people who live with cyclical failure. You know, they went into exile because of a series of failures, of Unfaithfulness. And, you know, that's why we can't just leave it by saying this is a beautiful message. And the text itself is perplexed by this beautiful message. It doesn't just say hallelujah, which I'm sure that's what we're all bursting to say this morning. Hallelujah. Certainly come Christmas, we'll, we'll, but it doesn't just say that. It's perplexed. The angels. If, if, I, if this presentation of the angels being commissioned um, is, is a good way of looking at this passage, There's a bit in the middle that just says, well, the angels had their doubts. They didn't just fly off, you know, willing and ready. They have their doubts about preaching it. Or if it's a commission to um, Isaiah, Isaiah has his doubts. Because when you're tired, it's not enough to be comforted. Or if you've been watching unfaithful people, you might not be always that keen just to say, get out and comfort them some more. And we find this, there's a bit in the middle where it says a voice cries when it says, you know, get out, comfort my people, speak tenderly. A voice cries, a voice says cry out, and someone, the text, we, it, it says and I say, but actually the text um, is a bit uncertain as to who, it just says and someone says, either I say or they say or she says, um, and just says this, but what shall I say, cry out. Comfort, what should I say? And the next verse is not the content of the message that's been given in the comfort and all the rest of it. It's an objection to delivering it. What should I say? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail. It's as though the angels were saying, well, what's the point? What's the point of passing on this beautiful message? After all this messing up, that keeps on going. Is it worth passing on the message of comfort? Um, When I lived in in Italy, there was a a lovely expression when, when people were asking, what's the point? They would say, ma vale la candela? And it would just mean this, is it worth a candle? Is it worth a candle to do this? and i presume no one ever confirmed this i presume it comes from a roman catholic culture where if you're going to pray that something really happens you go into church and you light a candle and so there would always be you know used you know, you'd hear it all the time is it worth a candle to do that is it worth a candle and that's what the angels are asking is it worth a candle is it really worth going out and comforting this people um so much i like the candle thing because we just lit a candle is it worth is this message worth coming back to every year lighting a candle does it make a difference that's what they're asking and the point is not dismissed at all it's not a, a frivolous thing it's taken but it's qualified because the it's as if they say well what would i cry out and why would i cry it out because this lot here they fade like flowers they're always back in exile what's the point point? and the answer comes back yes yeah that's right the grass withers and the flowers and the flowers fail but the word of the lord endures forever is it worth a candle every year and then look back on the year you've just had Is it worth a candle last year lighting it to say comfort or comfort? My people speak tenderly to them because God, here is your God, come to save. Is it worth this candle? Look at our testimonies. Let's ask. Look at the state of the world we're in. Let's ask, was it worth a candle? And the rest of chapter 40, long, long chapter worth reading, is given over to God's credentials because God said yes All mortals are like flowers that fail, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Here is your God. We are going somewhere towards comfort and tenderness. And so the rest of the chapter is given over to credentials of God, creator and savior. Can God comfort? Yes, God can. And this intention, this word, comfort spoken tenderly, will endure forever and the text ends a whole of chapter 40 ends do you not know have you not heard the lord is the everlasting god the creator of the ends of the earth who will not grow weary or tired whose understanding no one can fathom who gives strength to the weary increases the power of the weak even youths grow tired and weary and the young stumble and fall but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint so go comfort comfort my people speak tenderly to Jerusalem saying here is your God he has come to save amen